0: Welcome to this week's episode of the People Podcast. Are you in human resources, recruiting professionally, or an entrepreneur growing a team? This is the podcast for you.
1: We are going to bring you all of the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to take your workforce
0: to the next level. Implementing the tips and know how will enable you to create and keep a world class workforce. Here is your host, Jesse Tinsley.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visage.jobs. Visage combines human and artificial intelligence to source and deliver high-quality candidate profiles to your recruitment teams worldwide within hours. By leveraging Visage for your sourcing, recruitment teams have more time for high-level tasks, ultimately making recruitment more efficient and more human. Check
0: out Visage.jobs. Galen, thanks for coming on the People Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jesse. I'm excited to uh, to finally connect.
1: Yeah, likewise. It's been a long time in the making, and... Just to get started, can you give everyone a just a quick overview of your background and kind of what you
0: do? Yes, absolutely. Would love to. Um, so to you know, kind of be concise with this, I guess my background I always had in my career was always sales and marketing uh, background. And then uh, at one point I started doing improv, uh, theater performing and teaching improv, and did that for years kind of parallel in my private life. At one point I became the marketing and sales director uh, for the improv theater that I was performing and teaching at. And when I got that role, I'm also just very much an entrepreneur in my blood. Uh, but I, you know, I've like I've been teaching improv and performing improv for years, and I also speak business. I like, there's a lot of crossover and value here. So I started putting on classes and workshops and developing curriculum um, with teams around taking the principles of improv around saying yes and listening and being present, making other people look good, embracing change, those kinds of things. And I uh yeah, I just kind of took off in that position. Within a couple of years, I was working with bigger companies and uh, Microsoft, et cetera. And I knew, I was like, this is the only thing I ever want to do. I love it. It's my heart, like working with teams and organizations, talking about improv. It's like very, very cool. So just very curious and passionate about that and teams and communication. So I left, started my own company. And that was about uh, six years ago, six and a half years ago now. So that's it. And now it's, you know, sort of morphed into doing, you know, keynotes, working directly with teams and organizations around developing skills and helping them sort of create and establish really intentional culture, those types of things. So yeah, it's like a mix. Now of what I do is providing skills around communication, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, yeah, as well as helping teams establish culture and uh, make that happen. That's great.
1: It's always interesting how people get into like HR recruiting in general, like the the space is such an eclectic mix of backgrounds, it
0: seems like. I agree. Yeah. It's always fascinating to hear people's stories about how they got into, how they fell into HR or, you know, just that just happened or, you know, people are always so fascinating. Yeah. I love to hear people's backgrounds and how they ended up in the space. Yeah. It's always
1: interesting. And, And can you elaborate a little bit on what's the improv concept of yes? Like, what is that for people that aren't familiar?
0: Yeah, completely. Everything in improv is centered around this core concept idea of yes, and that is the meat and potatoes of all things improv. And so essentially, it's that everything you do and everything that your partner does is considered an offer. And your job as an improviser on stage is to say yes to your partner's offer and add on to it. So it's always a it's a very collaborative, very creative, very sort of forward moving, you know, format. That's sort of how improv works. And there's a a set of surrounding kind of principles around that that are around you know listening really being present making other people look good embracing change going with kind of whatever's thrown at you right and and proactively being in that space being positive so yeah that yes and idea is that it's the heart of every sort of improv theory that's just like the the sausage right behind the scenes in terms of how improv actually works yeah and
1: how do you tie that into like the workplace specifically like in building culture
0: yeah no that's like a- That's a great that's sort of the morph and and process for me was to start to take those skills and principles and ideas and concepts and think about how do you apply that to being a part of a team, being a leader. And there's just uh, there's a lot of really valuable kind of takeaways and and cross section there between how we communicate with other people, you know, not just that we have. Like that we say yes or no to other people's ideas and contributions, but how we say yes and how we say no. And so there's just a lot tied into how we show up as an individual's and impact other people around us, the way that we communicate, and the way that, you know, what that causes as a result when it comes to innovation, people sharing creative ideas, but also just interpersonally, right? Just the impact that we have as leaders and human beings on other people based on how we respond to them, how we communicate with them. And there's a lot of really strong mindset pieces around improv, embracing change, embracing failure. That's a huge part of that. And so it's like shoring up and building up those mindsets around you know, being okay with change, being okay with failure, but also, you know, making other people look good, taking the focus off of yourself and just focusing on like, how do I make your offers look great? How do I make other people look good? And so, you know, there's definitely a lot of parallels there when it comes to leadership teams, how human beings show up and impact each other. And yeah, there's so much there. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I can feel your energy over, (laughs) over the internet right now. (laughs)
1: That's great. In terms of like embracing change, I think obviously there's a ton of change going on right now. Like, yeah, What's going on globally with COVID nineteen? What would your advice be to leaders that are dealing with this crisis in HR, or executive leadership teams, and how would you kind of an off the cuff question? But I'm curious what your advice would be to them at like a high level.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that is incredibly relevant right now, right? Is leading through change, leading through crisis or uncertainty, and I I think so much, you know, in terms of how we approach that and, and the importance for. The importance for leaders to have very intentional presence, right? And to think about how we lead and, and navigate and manage other people through change in times like this. And I think a lot of that is just has to do with our poise and sort of what's required of us as leaders, right, to provide the sense of calm, security, stability Right, level-headedness optimism to people and I, I I sort of liken it to being on a ship let's say you're on a ship out at sea and maybe you're new to being on ships or not but if the sea starts to get stormy and rocky and and things get crazy and bad weather comes in you know you kind of look to the captain to be like are we cool here right you look to the person with experience <laughs> okay. with you know to be that space and when you look to the captain you want them to be like yeah I've been here before we're okay we're gonna be fine everything's good we just do these things and uh, right and we're gonna be fine and we're gonna be safe you don't want to look to the captain and have them be like, oh shit, oh my, like freaking out and losing their mind, right? You know, or focusing on themselves or what am I going to do? What about my ship? Um, and I think it's important. Right now, for leaders to be thinking about this situation, no matter what you're going through as a leader, you need to make it about your people, right? Because what they're going through, what they're experiencing, that's your focus. And it is very much from that mindset of a service, right? A service mentality about leadership that leaders eat last. It's like you need to really step up and shine and take care of your people and and understand what are they going through, right? Which ties into empathy and understanding that, you know, the things going on during times of great change or uncertainty uh, or chaos impacts them a lot. And it is an opportunity for you as a leader to show up and say, hey, what do you need from me? How are you doing? You know, it is really a chance to prove as an organization, as a leadership team, as an individual, that you care about people as human beings first. And I think there's a real opportunity there in any of those times to show up and shine. And a lot of that is the mindset of making this about them and their experience and, and right. And how can I make sure people are successful? How can I provide that, that level of security, calm, optimism, for people and stability, right? Yeah, I think there's a few great points you brought
1: up. I think, in going back to like the ship analogy, not to get too far into it, but I think it goes back also to being if you have like a very large ship, like a ten thousand person company, versus like a ten or a hundred person company, it's much easier to navigate a smaller ship in a crisis or a storm, yeah, than a very very large one. And so there's different different challenges at each different level of the size of your company. On the flip side of that, I think going to like the employer branding perspective or employee employer engagement with like employees. I think that it's really interesting because we're starting to see who the, the companies are that really care about their employees and who mm-hmm. don't necessarily care as much. It's just a, a profit and loss statement. I, and I'm not talking about like companies that are getting completely devastated by this, like in the leisure and hospitality space, but like in tech and whatnot, where they have quite a bit of uh, steady revenue and, and whatnot, Um, I think we're starting to see like who the good and bad actors are more clearly that was already transparent. So I think it'll actually almost be a hopefully a good thing in the long term effects of employer engagement in branding. Once we get to the tail end of this, where we can make a more informed decision of which company we actually want to work from a interpersonal like values to values, like corporate values and personal values and aligning those two things.
0: Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I think a lot of this is bringing to the surface uh, companies that live it, right? That mean it, they care about their people, they take care of their people, prioritize them and their experience. And I think that, that, yeah, it's bringing to the surface a lot of great leadership, a lot of poor examples of leadership and and the way that organizations are handling this. And, I, you know, I think the values that we have, the code that we live by gets really tested in a time of, yeah, of great change, uncertainty, um, chaos, etc. And so it, it is sort of doing a number of things. It's, it's bringing those things to the surface. It's also tearing off the band-aid about how important it is that companies get start to get on board with the fact that you have to care about your employees as human beings. You have to prioritize them, right? That is the heart of engagement, retention, the way people feel about their jobs and their roles is like, how are you showing up as a leader and as an organization for your people? And, you know, it's just, these things make it very apparent. The organizations that prioritize employee experience, that prioritize their people, you know, come out of this stronger. And, you know, I I mean, you hear about stories about people who've worked for an organization for 21 years getting laid off via email. And it's like, Man, these are tough conversations but have it, right? Rise to the occasion and be worthy of the badge of leadership by showing up for your people right now. And I think yeah, 100% agree with you.
1: I think there's a one of the like the nicest things I think I've seen across social media and, and people that I've spoken with is that a ton of HR and recruiting leaders have stepped up and really made a huge effort to kind of bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that when you look at like the employee experience, the way there's like even candidate experience 'Cause there's a lot of talk, at least in recruiting, about like the candidate experience from like the day you apply to the day you get hired. Yes. But I think it goes it goes beyond that, right? It's really employee full employee experience from the first day you ever hear of the company to like the last day you work at the company and even beyond that as like an alumni. Oh. What is that experience like? What's your first like how do we craft the a world class employee experience from the onboarding to training and learning development throughout your career there and career progression till your last day, like what's the exit look like after you spent five years of your career or in other terms, like, you know, almost 10 or 20% of your entire career at one company, right? That's a huge amount of time. So basically crafting like the best and most ideal employee experience throughout your entire career life at that company. So like, I think that's kind of lost in translation. Like what you're saying is getting laid off after working somewhere for 21 years over an email, which is like a terrible experience. That's like, (laughs) right as low
0: as it can, it can possibly be. Sure. And with what you're saying, I mean, I think that it's tantamount to great culture, right? It's like that intention of what does it feel like to work here? How do we treat people and, and how do we show up for one another in that space? Because you're right. It's like from the second as we're interviewing people as we onboard people as we ha- you know have them it's like that we're conscious and aware and prioritizing their experience front to back from day 1 to the very end and and I think yeah i mean just you're singing my song man i like that is the stuff and companies that are doing that well that are putting that intention right building culture and prioritizing those things and saying, we live this. We mean it. It's such a powerful thing. And yeah, it's so required. And that, you know, it is, that's how companies will win in business. You know, we focus on, on customer experience, right? What do customers want? How do we attract customers and retain customers and sort of like win market share? And the way that we approach employees and engagement and team performance is the same way. We have to say, what do these people want, right? What is this population of human beings? What do they want? What are they after? How can we make this better for them so that we can win in that space? And, you know, when it comes to engagement, performance, retention, those things, it's like we we get obsessed with employee experience and we'll win, right? The same way that companies who are obsessed with customer experience are out there providing customers with what they want, when they want it, how they want it. We need to do that for employees if we want to win in that space, which is very competitive. And you know this, right? In in terms of staffing and, and stuff too, it's like you, you want to win great talent. You want to keep great talent. That is what makes companies exceptional. Yeah, all of this is... Uh, it's so relevant. It's just everything I love to talk about and be in that space because it's, it's so true. Yeah,
1: no, I definitely agree. And what are like some ways that you think like leadership teams could elevate their communication, like just leadership abilities And Yeah, given the current situation or even just a normal situation during crisis.
0: Yeah, in general, I mean, in terms of there's certainly in terms of like looking at hard skills and things that leaders need to have, right? I think there's just a a real good solid handful of qualifications of skills of traits that you have to make sure that your leadership team and any leader in your organization have, right? The ability to have difficult conversations, the ability to navigate conflict and resolve conflict, the ability to provide feedback and ask for feedback is coaching, um, right? Emotional intelligence, these things. And I think that, you know, there's always needs to be a focus on those elements. And there is a way to improve those with every person, which is to have intentional like training, make sure that your leaders and your leadership team is like, do they know how to resolve conflict? And I I think really attacking that and approaching it in terms of an investment, because most people think that they're great, for example, at resolving conflict. But most people, unless you've had really formal training around nonviolent communication and resolving conflict, like you're probably not, you're probably just somewhere in the middle. And I think there's certain skills and qualities that leaders need to have that will make them successful across the board. And, you know, they fall in those buckets. So I think the intention of that, right, there's resources, there's unlimited resources out there, Fierce Conversations, that book, brilliant, like every leader, every leader in the universe should read that book, should understand how to have those types of conversations. Um, It's just one example of how companies can really shore those things up, focus on that. And again, it really ties back to culture, because if we say these are the things that matter to us, these are the ground rules, these are the ways that we exist together as an entity, as an organization, this is what is expected of every person. When we have those things clearly kind of articulated, then it sort of, it pushes us in a direction to say, okay, how do we make sure that we're living that every day? And that, you know, it's definitely an element of that.
1: Yeah, that's quite interesting. A few interesting points. Almost touching on like the research that basically Google did with Project Aristotle uh, in terms of like work pr- workplace performance. I'm not, are you familiar with this study at all?
0: Um, yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, I didn't know it was called that, but I think the, right, they like, researched a bunch of teams for a long time and like here's the elements that make successful teams. Is that the yeah project? Yeah, Basically open communication and having like strong communication skills as a leader
1: um, and empathy essentially down to creating like high-performing teams, regardless of background, right? Whether you went to elite school or whether you went to like a state school, it did not matter as long as the communication across the board was very strong.
0: Yep. Uh, I would add also going to no school at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. I dropped out myself, so I'm not, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think there's another thing that get, doesn't get talked about very much that I, I think is critical, and it's, it's really sort of the core, a lot of what the work that I do with organizations, too, is that there's another hard skill that leaders need to have that doesn't get talked about, I think, at school or anywhere else, which is tangibly and tactically, uh, how do you create culture? How do you create culture inside an organization, inside a team, and do that in a really tangible way? And I think that that skill, in terms of if you think of that as a hard skill set, I think that's missing from a lot of leaders, um, you know, that they just, they understand the value of culture. They know what a good culture feels like. They know what a bad culture feels like. But in terms of how do we create this here is something that is a very clearly defined, right? Very consistent, uh, like living, breathing culture, right? That something is like, this is the fabric and DNA of our team. And I think to know how to do that is really critical. And I think uh, it doesn't get talked a lot about, I think we talk about self-awareness. We talk about leadership of self. We talk about leadership of other people, right? And emotional intelligence of being able to influence and interact with, communicate with different people and different communication styles. But I think there's, A third element of that, which is like the leadership of an entity in creating culture and how to do that, which is key. And I I don't think you can find a ton of leaders that you'd be like, how do you actually do that and get a really succinct, clear answer that is deeper than, you know, well, it just happens one conversation at a time and you treat people the way you want to be treated. And, And I think when it comes to approaching that conversation in a very tactical, strategic way, I think that is absent from a lot of people's tool belts that a lot of companies follow suit in terms of, okay, we want to talk about culture, you know, create a, a mission statement and a list of values like trust and integrity and respect and, and be like, that's our culture. And- you know, uh, and I think that's as deep and as far as a lot of organizations go. And I think that all the things we're talking about, navigating change and chaos and uncertain times and leadership and leadership abilities and, and sort of how people show up for their organizations and employee experience, right, how they show up for their employees and people. I think it's all tied into this, right? Creating a really, really clear, concise culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think regardless if leaders realize it or not, they're creating
0: culture one way or another. Whether doing it strategically or just letting it kind of fall to the 100%. wayside, hundred percent. Every organization, every team has a culture, <laughs> whether it is intentional or not, uh, whether it's by happenstance. You do have a culture. Culture is an automatic byproduct of human beings working together on a team and, and being in close proximity. And certainly, when we leave it up to chance, it's we hope we get it right. Uh, and there is a way to sort of attack it and approach it in a strategic, tactical way. You know that takes that removes the chance from it right that makes it that this is intentional and it's exceptional and it looks like this
1: i think a lot of leaders struggle with the fact that like especially startups early stage startups it's like we can focus on culture but we're not sure we're gonna be alive in 12 months if we don't execute on sales and building product what would Mm -hmm. your advice be to them
0: i mean when you talk about executing on sales and executing on product and all these things it's not a program. Those are people doing those things. And if you want to impact the way that human beings show up and perform their roles and impact other people on the team, which is like a direct mainline to your success as an organization, the way you execute on sales and these other things, you need to first address like, how are we as a team, right? How do we show up what's expected of every person? So yeah. And I, I think that that, I think that really, truly that conversation doesn't come from like, oh, we don't really have time for this. I think it's My in my experience is it's more about like I don't actually know how to do that, right? Like we have a ping pong table, uh, we do pizza party every Friday every other week. But in terms of like what conversations do do we as a leadership team need to have to to define very clearly like this is our culture, this is who we are, this is what we expect of every person, and go farther than that to say you know how do we hold each other accountable to this? How do we enforce this uh, right with practices and programs and traditions? How do we actually make this part of our DNA and I don't think that that's a well-known skill. I don't think the conversations to have and what order and what decisions to make and how to create that as a really tangible thing, I don't think it's a widespread you know, accessed thing. Uh, I think that when you can find people that are great at creating a marketing plan that's executable and strategic or a sales plan or an operations plan, and we treat those things, right? Very high priority. But when it comes to our people, we sort of like, we hire people, we give them job descriptions be like, go do this. And I think that it's critical for organizations to approach people and culture the same, with the same priority, the same level of strategic care uh, and focus that we treat every other aspect that we want to have success within business is that we treat it like a strategy. We approach it with like clarity and focus and priority. And that's how you kill it, right? If your sales plan is like, well, we'll just like go find people and we'll close deals. Like you're not going to be successful as like, here's our funnel. This is right. Here's a whole step-by-step process of uh, what this looks like. It's in an executable way um, that's tangible. And I think that that, you know, culture can be that. But I think that gets missed by a lot of organizations. And I find that there's a gap.
1: Especially like what happens if you're, you're around in 12, 24 months and you have survived and you have just kind of let culture fall to the wayside. What's your culture going to be like then? hundred percent. I've seen companies that have poor cultures or terrible glass door re- reviews. It impacts their sales because their customers look at that stuff. I've seen yep. huge like enterprise level deals. that are seven figures get you know, shot down. They went with a competitor because they don't want to do business with a company that has poor leadership, essentially. A hundred percent.
0: And and the other output of that is that you're gonna lose your great people. You can't have, you know, great people won't suffer shitty culture. So you're you're gonna lose yep. great people. You're going to like you're gonna have chaos and function yep. and silos between departments. You're gonna have all the things that not just cost you big deals, but like you're gonna have that dysfunction inside your organization shows up in a lot of different ways.
1: Yeah. Unintended consequences, basically. And yes. the
0: implied costs with those are very, very
1: steep. A hundred percent. So I know we're running out of time. A few yep. quick, like rapid fire questions I think are like super pertinent to right now. And again, kind of off the cuff, but I think that what's your advice right now for people that are unemployed or like looking for new jobs? What, yeah, what's your best advice for them?
0: Man, that's a challenging space. And I know a lot of people in that space. I think that everybody should view themselves as an entrepreneur. And in terms of like, you are your own business, you represent yourself. And I I think that when it comes to finding work, um, the same way that it comes to drumming up business, if you're an entrepreneur, is like, you have to do the things that other people aren't doing. And, you know, so to me, I think about that. I think about like, Instead of creating, you know, a cover letter resume and sending it off to like a million different companies and stuff like that, I think find the companies that you really love, that you really want to connect with, that you really want to create a relationship and a job with and like approach them in a way that other people aren't. And I think that even that can be as simple as, you know, reaching out to a company that's not hiring and saying, look, I love what you do. I value your brand. I think, you know, that like this is something I really care about you guys and like would love to be open to an opportunity to like intern with you guys or learn more about your um, thing. Like, I just, I think to do the things that other people aren't doing is what will make you stand out. And I, you know, I know this is a tough topic because a lot of people right now are sort of in shift and and chaos and that's tough to do, but in the same way that like sales and marketing and other aspects of business work, uh, when it comes to finding employment and looking for organizations that you want to work with, I think you have to do the things that other people aren't doing. If 95% of people are just like, fill out an application, submit it, That, you know, it's going to put you in a herd of other people. Uh, And I think that like reaching out, finding creative, interesting ways to engage with brands, talk to companies and be like, hey, uh, you know, I want to be involved with you for this reason, um, et cetera. It's like, that's just one aspect. Um, But I'm always a fan of like, do the things that other people aren't doing. It will make you stand out.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think, yeah, whether it's creating content or even doing a side project for like free. I I actually had a designer we ended up hiring not too long ago that reached out and this was a couple of years ago, but they reached out and basically it was like, they redesigned part of our website. Like, hey, I just want to let you know. Like, I looked at your website, looked at what you guys do, looked at your background, like inserted a bunch of like personal details into it um, that they did, obviously, did the research and mm-hmm. redesigned the website basically for free and said, hey, like if you're interested in working with us, like here's
0: kind of what we can do. I think it, this would help you guys a lot. Yeah. And, and think about the impression that made. Like, do you end up hiring them? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, you think about the impression that makes. If if fifty web designers approach you and say, "Hey, we do this work here. Take a look at some of our some of our websites," and like, here's this thing, and right, but one of them says, "I redesign part of it." It's just, it's that. It's how do you stand out? How do you approach them? I mean, were you actively in the process of looking for someone to like? No, that was completely completely passive leads. So. Exactly. It's like, you're talking about generating business out of nothing. And there is so much opportunity if people are willing to be creative, go out of their way, do something that will make them stand out. And like that got your attention. Right. And I think, you know, in a really meaningful way, it's like, I I have this value to add to you. Here's some proof of it. Like, let's work together. I like, I love that stuff. I applaud those things. I think that, you know, standing out is a big deal. Totally
1: agree. Galen, it's been great having you on the podcast. What's the best way for people to reach you if they want to reach out to talk to you further or ask questions?
0: Ah yeah great. So um I'm on pretty much most of the you know social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, uh, I'm on LinkedIn pretty heavily, uh also on YouTube. So we have a um a weekly video that goes out that we call the Culture Drop and that is just uh one video every Tuesday morning. People can sign up for that. It comes as a newsletter if you want to sign up You know, for that, it also, we also released that content on all social media platforms and YouTube, our YouTube channel has a lot of resources there. So yeah, but if people want to reach out, um, I have a number of resources that I use that I share with companies and organizations that I work with around creating culture and stuff. So if people, you know, through my website, which is shiftyes.com, people can reach out, connect with me, love to talk about any of this stuff. So Yeah. A number of different ways. If you Google me, I'm out there. So (laughs) awesome.
1: Well, yeah. Thanks again for coming on the people podcast. I'll make sure to put
0: that in the show notes and yeah, looking forward to connecting again soon. Wonderful. Jesse, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on and take care. Stay safe. All right. You too. This week's episode has now come to an end, but our content doesn't end here. Head over to jessetinsley.com where you can find more valuable
1: resources to hire and keep the ultimate workforce.
0: That's jessetinsley.com.